0: Welcome to Agriculture in North Carolina. I'm Dan Miller. On today's program, Dr. Mike Walden shares the impact of agriculture on our state's economy. Spoiler alert, it's over $100 billion. The North Carolina House and Senate Ag Committees passed the Farm Act of 2023. It awaits Governor Cooper's signature, or not, as it passed with veto override room to spare. While in Washington, D.C., the National Farm Bill is way behind schedule. I'll share the details on those headlines, and my co-host, Jeff Turner, gives us a bit of perspective. Jeff is the COO of Murphy Family Ventures and decades-long member of the North Carolina Board of Agriculture. Ag in NC is sponsored by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. You can listen to this program as a podcast as well on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. How goes it, Mr. Turner? You
1: know, if I was any better, I'd be triplets today. It's uh, it's a, another great day in paradise.
0: Well, how I, are you? I'm well, busy working. Uh, I think I'm in the last sixty days of working on my house, and Mother Nature has blessed us with some decent weather. There were a lot of weekends of rain <laughs> early on in the year.
1: Well, I got to tell you, it's been really cool. Yeah, you and Al Gore,
0: you, you got it wrong again. Oh, I don't need Al Gore to come up in defense of my global warming theories. Well, the latest is our
1: climate czar. He is of the opinion that we've got too many people on Earth, and we can't sustain this many people, and it's harming climate. It's not sustainable. I I have a suggestion. We can reduce it by one, at least. He can be a martyr.
0: However, apparently we don't have enough people in China. There used to be a restriction, as we all remember, on one-child policy in China. It is now a three-child policy in, in China because they realize their economic stability is based on physical hands. So they're running short, and their population average age is increasing. So the um, Chinese government, that's their way of, of solving the problem. We're a little different than that, apparently.
1: But they need to talk to, uh, to the czar. And let him help him with that complex equation that he's come up with.
0: We talked about uh, rain on the weekends here, but not everywhere. Significant decline in the U.S. corn crop, largest deterioration in quite some time. Actually, USDA is rated only 64% of the nation's corn crop as good to excellent, five percentage point fall in the last 30 days. Dry weather at the moment in the Midwest? You said it best, it's weather. Yeah,
1: <laughs> always. <laughs> Behind every dry spell
0: comes a wet spell. Just sit tight, It's coming. And who'd have thought wildfires in Canada would affect us so much here in eastern North Carolina? People went outside and said, is there a fire in the Tan Forest? No, it's a fire in Canada.
1: I read this morning where New York has been hit by this, obviously, like everyone's being hit on the East Coast. But darn, our solar panels aren't working. So we've got a 50 percent reduction in the, in the amount of electricity oh, available. Brownout. So, you know, I, you know, cl- clouds and smoke both have a, an impact on your ability to retrieve the from the sun you're like two for
0: two on getting everything back to the environment today you know that (laughs) by the way i'm busy trying to uh watch the federal federal farm bill which isn't moving by the way uh behind where it normally is at this particular point in fact they don't anticipate to have a draft bill out until late august beginning of september and that's what i was researching when you hit me up and said hey our legislators are a lot more efficient and they have passed the farm bill, not yet signed by the governor, but it passed with such flying colors that uh, they can withstand even a veto from the governor. The House 78 to 37, the Senate 37 to six.
1: It was bipartisan for sure and and uh, I think it's a good I think they've done a good job. They I, I, My hat is off to Senator Jackson and Representative Dixon for all their hard work. Uh, they've done a remarkable job, I think, in the last several years with the farm act
0: so we've talked about this so we talked about the senate bill and touched on the house bill as well and i want to rock it through a couple of uh notes uh worth noting uh, and you just chime in when you feel necessary Add, you know uh, me i don't have an opinion but <laughs> right that's right you're such a shrinking violet add equine industry member to the agriculture board nothing amazing there um Provide compost exempt sales when purchased by a qualifying farmer and they define what a farmer is here. Is this not some of the possible sales of, of sludge from a lagoon or what is that?
1: I think it's, well, obviously a combination of sludge from lagoons, at the, the fertilizer value, but also, you know, there are many different types of compost and I mean, you've got poultry waste and you've got poultry mortality and uh, you've got all those things that make up that organic uh, fertilizer that everyone seeks. When someone comes and buys it from the farm to turn around and process it into something else, why would you tax it twice?
0: Amend the definition of agriculture to include pine orchards planted specifically for the purpose of harvesting pine needles. Also include farm or biofuel production for commercial sales included in the uh, statutory definition of agriculture.
1: There's been a quite a bit of a unnecessary hoopla with regard to Digesters on farms and, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, it's obviously you're adding value to the farm revenue, the income stream. And at the same time, you're, you're harvesting a something that's useful. I mean, it, it's, it's renewable natural gas yeah. in its purest form, by the way. There are some who try to say. That, that's not part of farming but obviously it is part of it's part of that operation that farming
0: operation agritourism advertising allowing uh, farm agritourism signs in the right of way this is something I didn't catch before which I think is uh, pretty cool which is an amendment as well for agritourism warning signs basically uh, We don't have to go overboard in having warning signs all over any agritourism operation where potentially a visitor could be hurt. You do have to have a warning sign saying basically that. There's some farm implements being used here. Uh, Use ordinary caution.
1: Yeah, again, I I think they're simply trying to
0: cover basis. Yeah,
1: everyone should know. You know, farming is one of the dangerous professions are concerned. But it rates right up there pretty close to the top. If you're coming on the farm you have to be aware I man most people don't understand that it's not just a a cow standing over on the pasture a lot goes on a farm mechanical and there's all sorts of ways to to be injured even with that cow on this this standing over there in that field he could uh you know we had had we a had guy in the western part of the state that got gored a month or so
0: ago Yep Cleanup on animal waste spills when this becomes law would be a Class 3 misdemeanor for a driver of any vehicle who knowingly or should know, exempt from excretia from live animals, uh, knowing that a dead animal part or anything other than maybe bird feathers or other products have been blown, scattered, spilled, or thrown into a right-of-way. Nothing amazing there.
1: No, there's really not, other than the fact that there have been some problems with contract gro- uh, drivers and that sort of thing. and you have to have a penalty there has to be some way to penalize someone who purposely or not purposely if you know if you make a mess you got to clean your mess up so
0: we'll continue coming up in just a moment with more on the North Carolina Farm Bill soon to be the Farm Act of 2023 Bill Corone Cars in Wallace is the only Chevy GMC dealer in eastern North Carolina to be an AgPAC dealer. Which means any farmer who buys a vehicle at Bill Corone is eligible for more than $30,000 in savings on products you probably already use. Everything from tires to crop products. Check out the advantages of the AgPAC program at Bill Corone Cars in Wallace. More in two minutes. This is agriculture in North Carolina. I'm Dan Miller along with my co-host Jeff Turner reviewing the compromise bill soon to be law, the North Carolina Farm Act of 2023. Under state, current state law, scuppernog is a state fruit. Under the new law, it would be defined as to the master variety, which is muscadine. And what we talked about before is muscadine grape juice being offered in the schools. They actually changed that in the requirements around that to call it an inspirational goal
1: nothing more than promoting north carolina grown product if you grow it here why not
0: use it here and and so that's not a not a bad thing kids like grape juice so it um, (laughs) (laughs) it makes great sense me too designate the (laughs) second wednesday in november as farm appreciation day that's nice prohibit use of unmanned aircraft near forest fires we've been talking about that is a suggestion for a long time good to know it is there is actually now or will be a penalty under law for that yep amend the Timber larceny, if you knowingly cut down any tree for profit on your neighbor's land, you can uh, be convicted of such or hire somebody to do that. That only makes sense, but it just has not been spelled out like um, like it is now. Digester general permit classification would have been the definition of farm digester to clarify associated equipment. That's just another one of those dot in the I, cross in the T yep. things. Yep. Technical, technical. Those are the... the uh, the general things that come to pass with the Farm Bill, here's an item that I think we need to spend a little bit more time on when it becomes a little clearer. The timing was very advantageous for the Senate and the House and the North Carolina Farm Bill to fall just weeks after SCOTUS made their determination on the waters of the U.S., and I think some late activity got into the Farm Bill that actually teed things up to make things a little bit more smooth line in North Carolina. It has received, in the, in the note you sent me, which is an Associated Press article, this one's received a little bit of um, ruffling in the water, so to speak. But this is a definition of wetlands. I don't know if you spent any time with this.
1: It just simply says that North Carolina can't develop a rule that's any more stringent than the federal rule. Way back in the day, there was a thing called the Hardison Amendments, named aptly after Senator Harold Hardison from deep run, Lenora County, who years ago said, uh, you know, as we develop this Department of Water Quality and Environmental Quality, that's all well and good, but you can't promulgate a rule that's uh, any more stringent than the federal rule. Some years later, in fact, pretty soon after the senator retired from the Senate, they repealed the Hardison Amendments, allowed our own state departments to to go beyond federal. And uh, I, I would say probably around 2009, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, the Hardison Amendments were put back in into place. This clarifies waters of the U.S., for North Carolina regulators, your rule can't be any more stringent than what the federal guideline is. Obviously, the environmental community, they're making a lot of hubbub about it, but it, it's really about a farmer and having a wet spot in his field. You know, are you going to have to plow around it? Or the, the definition has always been so convoluted and it's changed after every administration, it appears, it's changed, and it gets better, then it gets worse, and it gets better, and it gets worse. Mm-hmm. The, the ruling uh, at the Supreme Court level has has obviously said you can't you can't overreach. And yeah. now locally in the state of North Carolina, you can't overreach beyond what the federal guideline is. So good thing, I think.
0: I want to mention this because I had not heard anything about this. And I heard I heard I read in a article by a friend of the program, Jim Wiesmeyer, about this. The California Department of Food and Agriculture Animal Care Program will be hosting Prop 12 implementation web series coming up. And one of them's already passed, uh, not of huge interest. It was for the end user retailers. Uh, there's one on the 13th this month, which is for distributors. But on June 27th, there's a webinar for pork producers uh, for housing and keeping breeding pigs. That would be interesting to, uh, to be part of. You can Google that and find it under porkbusiness.com, also the National Pork Producers Council. The idea here is that they're going to try to make this seamless, which I don't think is possible, but. It ain't happening.
1: One <laughs> percent of the breeding stock across the United States would qualify that would meet the guidelines that Prop 12 sets up. One percent. So no
0: pork for you. Coming up in a moment on this program, the agricultural impact on the state of North Carolina. And it's changed a bit just during your lifetime, Jeff.
1: Yeah, it has. It's going to be an interesting uh, interview. I, when they started putting this number together
0: a few years ago, things have changed dramatically. <laughs> Did you just say a few years ago? That gives yeah. me your perspective right there. Wasn't, wasn't wasn't Gerald Ford in office just yesterday? <laughs> Three years ago, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> By, by the way, I used him this week trying to explain how uh, Governor Newsom could become our president before the end of this term.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. I mean, that, that's one of the great trivia questions of all time, name a president no one ever voted for. A- and there may be a, a second one. There, there could be two. This program gets into some topics. Thanks in part to Syngenta, a leading agricultural company helping to improve global food security by enabling farmers to make better use of available resources. The future lies in precision agriculture. Create your plan with help from Syngenta. More in a moment. This is Agriculture in North Carolina. I'm Dan Miller along with my co-host, Jeff Turner. We're joined by Dr. Mike Waldron, who is the Reynolds Distinguished Professor Emeritus at NC State College of Ag and Life Sciences. You probably know him as one of the most quoted ag economists in our state. On this program, we like to let folks establish their credibility from whence they came and where they are now. So if you would. Oh, go to it.
2: Well, I am a native of Ohio, Cincinnati, my hometown, still a big Reds fan. I um, went to Cornell, got my Ph.D. at Cornell, met my future wife there. We moved to North Carolina in um, 1978. I joined the faculty at NC State in 19. 19- Seventy-eight, and uh, my wife taught elementary school for uh, thirty-three years. I taught at NC State for forty-three years. So we had uh, wonderful careers here, and we still make still make Raleigh our home. I do some consulting and public speaking, so I, I keep busy in that way. But North Carolina has been great to us. We love the state.
0: And of all your investments through the years, your house in the Raleigh area has probably gained the most, right?
2: <laughs> no, you're you're definitely right about that. We're we're in a Neighborhood that's close, close to downtown Raleigh. Oh, yes, that's one of our sources of, of future income when we need it, yes.
0: Dr. Walden, when did you start tabulating North Carolina's agricultural economic importance?
2: I was approached by the dean of the uh, College of Ag and Life Sciences, uh, Derwood Bateman, a uh, great man. I believe it was in the early early to mid-80s. He had a vision for producing an annual report that would tell people how big the uh, broad ag economy is. Now by uh, farming numbers, of course, are, are released and the, and the uh, uh, Commissioner Troxler does that every year. What Dean Bateman was interested in is the entire supply chain, if you will, the entire economic complex that got food fiber and natural fiber uh, products, produced them, uh, delivered them to final consumers. So this this is broader than just farming. I I like to call it agriculture and agribusiness. Think of it as all the activities are related, again, in uh, getting products like food and uh, natural fiber textiles, uh, wood products. We have those in there also. The total um, value at that point was in the $20 billion range. And, of course, what Commissioner Troxler was excited to see this year now this year means actually these data take take a while to get out, so it's re- actually for 2021. But this report suggested that that entire complex now has passed the 100 billion mark. So uh, that was a that was something he was been looking for for a while. We had a little hiccup with uh, with COVID, which is understandable. But in 2021, we we saw these numbers, aggregate numbers, get over 100 billion dollars
1: for the state. What a difference a few decades made. I stand. I remember Dean Bateman, great guy. You know, I recall when this first started. I guess I'm sure yeah, my re- age as I well. I didn't but realize
2: it, it would get get the attention. It's um it's gotten a lot of attention. I know Commissioner Troxler, will hit his some of his folks will call me. I usually put these out in May and. And uh, they will call me a month or two ahead of time and say, now, Dr. Wallen, you, you are, uh, especially since I've been retired, you're still going to do this for us. And I <laughs> do it free of charge, of course. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So they, they uh, eagerly anticipate it, and uh, and they should, because uh, I think uh, North Carolina's economy, uh, rightly so, gets a lot of attention for technology and and, and finance and uh, all the professional jobs that are moving here and, and that's so. But we should not forget. How important agriculture and agribusiness is to North Carolina. So these numbers uh, provide that sort of foundation for the for that industry every year.
1: You know, uh, obviously crop revenue is a part of that, but this goes starts with the crop and goes all the way to a finished product. Is that how that oh, yeah, is that yeah. what?
2: Yes, yeah, goes from the crop to the to the processed product uh, to the supermarket to the restaurants. This is in the case of food. Uh, in the case of natural fiber, uh, clothing, it goes from the, the natural fiber cotton to again, the, the manufacturing to the wholesaler to the retailer and the same with, uh, with wood products. So yeah, that, that entire, that entire chain and I, and I, and of course, you can always look at individual pieces of that, but I think we learned this, uh, if people didn't realize that we learned it during the pandemic. If you've got a breakdown somewhere along that chain, like for example, restaurants closing, uh, that's going to affect things back in the chain. So it's really all tied together. So I think it's very appropriate to look at this this integrated number.
0: There are four kind of separate little pots that you add together to come up with this, and what are they?
2: Well we look at the uh, farm in the case of agriculture, we'll take that farming, we look at farming. Uh, so that's going to be where your numbers on crop receipts and livestock receipts, and we include aquaculture there, for example. We also include turf. And then we look at manufacturing, uh, and then we look at wholesaling, and then we we finally look at retailing, and we have those four pieces for each of the components. And, again, the components would be food products, natural fiber products, and forestry products. So, uh, yeah, there are those three key pieces and so, the farming so,
0: piece is, is nearly 90% of that 103 number.
2: The Well, the agriculture food industries are are that are, uh, $103 billion. We had agriculture-slash-food uh, industries went par around $88 billion, or were in 2021. Natural fiber industries, uh, just shy of $5 billion And forestry industry numbers were just shy of $10 billion. So yeah, clearly, the, the part related to food dominates.
1: It's not only revenue, obviously the input is, is it caught up separately with regard to fuel and chemicals and seed and fertilizer well, those, and that sort those, of thing?
2: Yeah, those would all be part of the, of the, I mean, what we're doing in each of these cases is giving the final price. So for a farmer, sure, the, he's going to have to, he or she is going to have to pay money for fuel, pay money for irrigation, pay money for seeds, uh, tilling, et cetera, all that. Uh, is going to then show up if you will in the uh, the final price that the farmer gets for uh, his or her uh, commodity so yeah they're 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 in there they're somewhat hidden but they're implied in the final price
0: very rarely do we get to look at things over the past 40 years what are the trends that kind of lay underneath here i mean uh was fiber a bigger player than it maybe is now or
2: yeah certainly the, the fiber has gone down as uh, as a component here but it's still it's still important and there are some exciting things uh i periodically have discussions with the uh, dean of the textile college and incidentally north carolina has the only now textile college in the country south carolina uh, changed theirs Certainly as a percent of the total, fiber's gone, natural fiber's gone down, forestry's gone down a little. I think what's really happened over the last 40 years, the, the big, big game changer has been within the food part, has been the explosion, if you will, in our manufacturing food processing. Uh, I believe it's still the case we still have the largest meat processing plant in, uh, in Bladen County. I think that's the case. And, of course, the, the hog market uh, has, has taken off. Um, I'm actually working on a project about the future of uh, the hog industry in southeast North Carolina. Tobacco is still important, uh, not so much in terms of the quantity. The prices are held up. But clearly, the, the I think the big shift in North Carolina within farming has been the shift out of crops and into uh, meat, uh, both cattle but primarily hogs.
1: And poultry. If you think about what's happened with the poultry oh, yeah. industry so, in the state, well,
2: poultry. I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, it's still early. <laughs> no. Hmm. Uh, yes, definitely poultry. I'm sorry to admit poultry. Yeah, definitely the shift uh, from tobacco, quite frankly, tobacco into uh, meat, and that's going to include actually primarily poultry and and hogs. Yes.
1: As we look at eastern North Carolina's economy. If you had to go back and look in retrospect and say, if we didn't have poultry and we didn't have hogs, what would Eastern North Carolina's economy look like?
2: Oh well oh, no no question about it. I mean that has been i think an underappreciated not not to people like you but the people in this generally in the state. that's been an unappreciated uh, change in agriculture in north carolina and and really, if you think about tobacco, how long tobacco and cotton dominated North Carolina. Uh, farm economy and both of those sectors have changed dramatically, downsized, if you will, for for a variety of reasons. If it wasn't for the the growth of our meat industry, particularly in poultry and and hogs. Yeah, North Carolina agriculture would be a shadow of what it is now. So that that's been a, a, a very important change over the last 40 years in North Carolina agriculture uh, and it's allowed North Carolina agriculture to still be a very dominant industry uh, in the state. One thing I will say is, and I think this ties into the perception of North Carolina's economy. Uh, Again, uh, the big uh, the big industries like technology, in particular. We just had an announcement here in the Raleigh area that Apple is uh, Apple, uh, the company Apple, has filed plans for their new facility in um, in Raleigh, uh, in Research Triangle Park. I mean, that gets a lot of attention. Two things I think for agriculture people don't realize. One, of course, is the importance of it, and that's one of the reasons I do the numbers. But the second is that, that agriculture is really an industry that has really taken hold of technological changes to make it more efficient. Uh, thing, and I'm no expert on this, but things uh, just take the example of irrigation. A lot of that is now handled through sensors that are able to uh, decide where within a, a, a farmer's plot. Do they need moisture? And so you don't, you don't, uh, necessarily irrigate the entire field. You irrigate the areas that really need it. So yeah, agriculture, uh, people I think still have this attitude. Well, agriculture is where you go out there and dig in the dirt and, and plant, et cetera. You don't, you're not really a technical, technological industry. It really is a technological industry and it's really, it's really taken hold of, of new, technology that has helped the farmer become more efficient. And the other thing that what that's meant is that farming has, you cannot find an industry in the country, uh, whether it be in construction or retailing or manufacturing that has become as efficient as seen its efficiency improve as much as agriculture. So, so it is, it is, is an amazing industry. And as agriculture has gotten more efficient, that helps us on the price side, and that helps us all eat better and uh, minimizes expenses in our budget.
0: Dr. Mike Walden is the Reynolds Distinguished Professor Emeritus at NC State College of Ag and Life Sciences. Thanks for being on Agriculture in North Carolina. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Quick snapshot of last week's commodity prices as compared to the prior week, coming up in just a moment. This is Agriculture in North Carolina on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Thanks in part to Ag Carolina Farm Credit, financing rural North Carolina for generations. Lending solutions for farms, land, homes, personalized for you. Ag Carolina Farm Credit, giving you room to grow. I'm Dan Miller, and this is Agriculture in North Carolina. Find us online at AgNNC. Expiring live cattle futures closed last week at 178.225. Most active August fell to one seventy one eighty five that represented a weekly drop of a dollar five August feeder futures posted a strong late surge end of the week at two thirty nine but fell two dollars and ninety cents on the week. Traders continue to anticipate a big seasonal reversal in fed cattle prices in the coming weeks. expiring June hog futures edged up to eighty seven eighty seven five while August lean hog futures rose to eighty three ninety five for the week up a dollar sixty five the lean hog futures market's been trading slightly higher the past couple of weeks. North Carolina's egg prices were higher on extra large, large, and steady on the balance when compared to the prior week. The North Carolina weighted average price quoted Thursday, June the 8th for small lot sales delivered carton grade A eggs was 138.55 for extra large, 125.67 for large, 114.11 for medium and 84 for small eggs. Number 2 yellow shelled corn was 6 to 11 cents higher when compared to the prior week. Prices ranged mostly $5.76 to $7 at the feed mills and $6.89 to $6.95 at the elevators through Thursday, June the 8th. Number one yellow soybeans were 13 to 66 cents higher, ranged $14.42 to $14.53 at the processors, mostly $13.49 to $13.78 at the elevators. Number two red winter wheat was mixed, 21 cents lower to a dollar two cents higher, ranged $16.18 to six hundred thirty one dollars 31 at the elevators. Soybean meal FOB at processing plants was 446.70 to 455.20 per ton for 46.5 to 48 percent protein. New crop prices quoted for harvest delivery: corn range 551 to 625, soybeans were 1138 to 1184, and wheat range 547 to 670. That's this week's agriculture in North Carolina. If you missed the show, play the podcast on your schedule, free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Find links to our sponsors at agnnc.com. Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Agriculture in North Carolina, copyright 2023. For Jeff Turner, myself, Dan Miller, have a great week.